Welcome to Fragments of Blue. Join Grace and Laura each week as they discuss the power of Scripture to guide us through life's complexity into a greater love of God. Welcome back to Fragments of Blue. I'm Laura. And I'm Grace. Today we're going to be chatting about why the devil hates justice. But before we get into it, welcome to season four. (laughs) We've just had a little break and I did post like a first See, like episode one of season four and then unfortunately Laura wasn't well for a little bit and so we couldn't record but we're back at it and now we're really gonna get into season four and we have a new website that um, Nathaniel her husband's been working on which looks much nicer than we had before so you can visit us there as well fragmentsofblue.com yeah and hopefully we'll be getting our act together and posting blogs and things not just to go along with the talks and expand on those, but maybe to delve into some other things that we've talked about in the past or that we have been thinking about and may eventually someday be a podcast that just hasn't happened yet. But yeah, check out fragmentsofblue.com and let's get into it. So I've been thinking about justice for a while and that it's an attribute of God and what that means for us as Christians. And as I did, I was like, yeah, it's an attribute of God. Satan must hate justice. And as I was reading verses, I noticed that justice is often, not always, but often tied to righteousness. And so that just made me think, yeah, of course, if these two things are inextricably linked, then all the more reason Satan must hate justice. Mm -hmm. But then I thought, like, then how can the world seem to love justice? Because it does seem like a lot of times you hear people that just want justice. And then I was thinking about it some more, and I wonder if really what they want is revenge or punishment more than they really love biblical justice, the way that God says that, you know, justice needs to be carried out. And so I just thought it'd be fun to have a discussion about what that is and how the world seems to view what justice is. Mm -hmm. And do we see evidence of Satan hating it? Yeah, I feel like the the world has a bit of a weird relationship with the concept of justice. And I think the church has a bit of a weird relationship mm-hmm. with the concept of justice. And it makes sense in a way because, you know, we have passages in the Bible like mercy triumphs over justice and mm-hmm. goodness knows we want God's mercy shown towards us. Yeah. We don't want God to be entirely just towards us, but that's a little complicated too when you get into some of the theology of it. So, so there is a little a little bit of angst or a little confusion, I think, about justice, because generally I think the way we sometimes think of it is it's like the lesser virtue. Yeah. Right? Like It's not as good as mercy. It's Mm -hmm. not as good as grace. Mm -hmm. It's not as good as love. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like it's a little bit complicated because obviously God is all of his attributes infinitely. Mm -hmm. It's not like he's, he's got some justice, but his mercy ultimately just trumps it all. Like, or, or you know what I mean? Or vice versa. Yeah. He is just, but he's only a little bit mercy. So his mercy is going to run out. Like, yeah. so there is an element of complexity to it. And so I think generally, I think we have a hard time believing that justice, sometimes we think that we want justice, but it usually has to do in times where we have personally felt injury. Mm -hmm. I think you find out how much you love justice when there is objective injustice, but it has nothing to do with you. And in fact, may even in some ways go against some of your like, okay, I'm going to get like really dicey here. So (laughs) Mm -hmm. for example, 
the vaccine mandates. Mm -hmm. So when the government insisted that all of the federal employees get vaccinated, this was apparently to keep people safe, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. But I, I am families, family members with someone who works for the federal government, and his comment was that the strange thing is, though, is that there are quite a few federal employees who work from home. And they don't just work from home during like this COVID time. They work from home permanently mm -hmm. and they have to get vaccinated or they're going to be fired. Mm -hmm. So you're like, that's not just yeah. <laughs> this. This does go yeah. against basic justice. But people who I think ordinarily would be justice warriors mm -hmm. didn't seem to have any level of compassion or understanding for the position of someone saying that doesn't seem right because justice in that area did not kind of um i don't know they didn't feel passionate about it mm -hmm. and in some cases they just totally dismissed it and had very little compassion for people in that situation yeah. and like whatever you think about the vaccines the point is it's actually an irrelevant point to whether that is a matter of justice there have been matters of justice that i feel like take discernment and compassion to to enter into well and really show that your heart is for justice as opposed mm -hmm. to simply like achieving your own ends and feeling frustrated when that's not, that doesn't mm -hmm. end up happening. And I think that situation was actually one of those examples where people didn't ultimately care about like objective justice. Mm -hmm. They, they didn't care at all if those people lost their jobs. Yeah. So there's this weird thing where I think justice, I just think it's, it can be really complicated. But ultimately, I don't think our culture has much love for justice anymore. No. And I would say maybe cultures never have. Like I'm reading in Proverbs 28, 5, it says, Evil men do not understand justice, hmm. but those who seek the Lord understand it completely. That is an interesting verse. Isn't it? So if you, when it says evil men, I think... It's hard to say that everyone in the world is evil, but at the same time, yes, our hearts are deceitful and wicked. So without Christ, yeah, maybe mm -hmm. that counts. Like, mm -hmm. I, I think there is this element of you won't understand what real justice mm -hmm. is. Well, because justice thrusts upon everyone equally, right? Like, mm -hmm. it, it provides the same standard yeah. for everyone. And I think, really... The fact of the matter is, is we don't actually want the same standard applied to us as to mm -hmm. everyone else. So I think justice will eventually cause us frustration. Yeah. So so I do think we eventually want it to see it perverted for our own sake. Yeah, of course. So yeah. So there's there is an element where the heart hates justice because we know that it will eventually come at us. The heart that is wicked. Yes, I think like yeah. the, the, the sinful nature part, yeah, right? Yeah. There's a verse in Leviticus. It reminds me of what you were just saying. Leviticus 19.15 it says, Do not twist justice in legal matters by favoring the poor or being partial to the rich and powerful. Always judge people fairly. Mm -hmm. And I think that we tend to err on the side of one or the other. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So justice and compassion causes like, oh, we have to favor the poor mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. they've had such an unjust life already. And I mean, the Bible has a lot about that, like about doing justice for the poor and the oppressed. But you can err on that side a little bit where we'll just assume then that this whole group of people are righteous, righteous when maybe they're not. Yeah. And we will assume then that the rich and powerful are 
unrighteous. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, there's then others that think like rich and powerful. I mean, they worked hard to get there. They deserve what they've got, you know, and or maybe just they've greased the right palms. And so justice is in their favor. Mm -hmm. And that's also wrong. God wants us to disregard that in order to be able to seek justice. And yet at the same time, there's multiple verses where it talks about the poor, the widow, the oppressed, the fatherless, not receiving justice. And I think it's because it's true that the rich and powerful often can Mm -hmm. swing things in their favor Mm -hmm. with bribes or whatever, you know, just people hungry for, for a taste of their power. But obviously, like there's hundreds of verses in the Bible that relate to justice in one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And that's obviously on purpose. Yeah. But just it does surprise me. I just hadn't noticed before how many of them are linked to righteousness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like I, I need to think a little bit more about that because I feel like there's something, well, obviously there is, but something significant about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember reading, I forget which psalm this is, but reading a psalm and it was talking about how God's judgment is coming. Mm-hmm. And you would think the tone of a psalm that is speaking about God coming to judge the world would be very doom, gloom, mm-hmm. scary. But people are rejoicing to see God's judgment because it is just. So people are broken, right? Like they're sinful yeah. and they're, and, but there is, they're made in the image of God. And so they still do know what is good. So there is this sense where God's justice should be something we are really thankful for, mm-hmm. that we can look forward to knowing that things will be made right. Yeah. Um, it also should make us very compassionate because, like, it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of an angry God. Mm-hmm. And the only reason why Christians don't have to fear is because we have been shown mercy and have come under. Yeah, we've robed ourselves with his righteousness. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I'm going to tell, I'm going to talk about this one person that we've been, uh, we read about a while ago in our class at Regent. And it's Josephine Butler. She lived in the 1800s and she was a devout Christian Mm -hmm. and she was quite a wealthy, she came from a wealthy family Mm -hmm. and she was a very well-educated woman, but she took on certain matters of justice that were really unpopular for the era. So, for example, she took on women's rights, but particularly outcast women. So, at that time, there was this kind of double standard. And I mean, it was written into the law. There were specific laws that she was kind of going after. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the laws was that prostitution was fairly common amongst certain circles. And and because there were, I think, so much kind of sexual disease that was spreading as a mm-hmm. result of it, specifically amongst the military, mm-hmm. they made a law that if there was any woman just around town that one suspected of being a prostitute, and you didn't have to have any evidence, you could, the police could um, take her mm-hmm. and search, like a look at her body to see Mm -hmm. if she had any sexual disease, but it would destroy her reputation, even if she wasn't engaged in that activity. Mm -hmm. And then this also went against the, um, the, like some laws that basically said, like, you have to have evidence, you have to be brought to trial before you Mm -hmm. are treated like a criminal. So Josephine Butler went after this law so she's speaking on behalf of prostitutes mm-hmm. and she and she worked with prostitutes and her comment was that like all prostitutes like all these women know that they are sinners. Yeah. They need God's grace and they need justice. 
But it was it was a movement for justice. And she was saying, like, we need to start demanding of men that they pursue chastity like to the same level that we expect chastity of women. Mm-hmm. Now that obviously has changed in our culture. Yeah. That but the point is is that she pursued justice for the downtrodden and it didn't make her look good. Yeah. And I think you can kind of tell if your love for justice is love for true justice if you are prepared to fight for the downtrodden and fight for justice, even mm-hmm. at a time when it's really not the trendy thing to do. Mm-hmm. I think it's really trendy nowadays to talk about certain types of justice, so-called, mm-hmm. and then other things will make Christians and non-Christians really dislike you. Yeah. Like, my sister has a friend, and she, a, f- a number of years ago, joined some pro-life movements, like Christian pro-life mm-hmm. movements, And she lost Christian friends. Mm -hmm. Like, what could be more just than fighting for the prevention of the murder of unborn children? Like, that is just blatantly a desire for justice. And it's not like she did this in hate. She, you know what I mean? Like, this was peaceful. And she lost friends for it. Which, to me, is pretty evident that, like, the fight for life in the abortion arena is not trendy it is not cool Mm -hmm. and i don't think a lot of canadian churches care very much yeah and they don't want to get into it because it's well not just because it's not trendy but because they want to be seeker sensitive maybe Yeah. yeah do you know what i mean so i think we've done our churches a big disservice when we make seeker sensitiveness about pandering to the world and, and unfortunately, the that's what justice. happens. And the disruption of justice yeah, and, yeah. and different things. And I think that that's happened, unfortunately, a lot mm-hmm. in the church in the West mm-hmm. is it started out as maybe a, a good intended thing, you know, uh, to be seeker sensitive. But in the end, the way that that has played out in many cases has been acceptance mm-hmm. of sin mm-hmm. yeah. and wrongdoing. Yeah. And abortion, I think, is one of those arenas. So rather than possibly hurt someone who who has aborted their baby and make them feel bad, we just won't get into that topic. And if we do, we're going to really tiptoe around it. Yeah. You know? Well, and that's the thing. I, I do feel like the fact that Josephine Butler took on that topic, took on the, I guess, the fallen woman. Mm hmm. I think is probably equivalent to un- the level of unpopularity that pro-life stuff is today. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it probably has the kind of similar thing where it's seen as really uncouth, it's seen as really unsophisticated, really yeah. lame and weird and over-the-top mm-hmm. kind of a thing. I think it has all of those kind of characteristics. I think I would have to say that the way I see the church particularly corrupting justice is from this false sense of being kind. Mm-hmm. I think this is really hard not to slip into. And I think a lot of it comes from a lack of trust in God, where when God calls for a standard of behavior and he says, this is what I insist on, yeah. and some people are not meeting that standard, we're not, I think we feel like, oh, if, if we follow through on God's commands in this area, we're saying they're not a Christian or it's going to yeah. push them away and all that. We're judging them. We're judging and judge them. not lest you be judged. Exactly. Yeah. But those, I feel like we have to be able to trust the just and the merciful God yeah. to know 
how this is supposed to play out. And mm-hmm. I think it, it, it can look a lot of different ways, but there are different standards for things like leadership in scripture, where I think we often do not require justice mm-hmm. and we do not require the, I guess, the standards that God has laid out to be met because it feels unkind. And I know of situations where, I know of one particular situation where someone was applying for a ministry with children and the people who provided the reference withdrew it because they found out about sexual issues with children. Mm -hmm. And instead of then fighting for justice and saying, I'm sorry, we can't let you be in this role because Mm -hmm. that would be unjust and dangerous. They were so furious with these other people for withdrawing the reference because they felt that that was so judgmental that they provided their own. So I think this can look a lot of different ways, but I think, we really corrupt justice very often when we feel like there is kindness or niceness at stake. And you know what's interesting? There's this verse that I found as I was looking into this that I think puts justice in a different light. It's from Jeremiah, and he says, Correct me, O Lord, but in justice, not in your anger, lest you bring me to nothing. And I think that shows justice as being... It, it seems merciful in a way. Yeah. Like, correct me, O Lord, but in justice. Like, I I trust your justice mm-hmm. because I know that you will be fair and you'll be right and the correction will be good. Yeah. There is something, um, You. it sounds like it would be slow and patient. Yeah. And balanced. Yes. And not emotional. Like, because yes. you, when someone is angry with you, they're not, go- they're very rarely going to be just. But you feel like the justice of God is not going to be this kind of reactive sort of thing, like it yeah. is so often with us. Yeah, he, there's going to have been real, like it's it's going to be a reflection of reality. Yeah. yeah, and justice is meant to bring in and usher in and like hold the hand of righteousness, right? And right. so, yeah. Yeah. like when you tell me that story, the reason justice is so important with that is so that righteousness can can be born in that situation. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, there's no righteousness Mm -hmm. in a situation where children are being abused, you know? Yes. And so it might seem unmerciful to to disregard a person from that position because someone withdrew a reference. But where's the the justice for these children who need to be protected, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Because there's so many verses about that, you Mm -hmm. know, speaking up for the poor and for the oppressed and and for the vulnerable. The vulnerable. Yeah. So, yeah, when you think about justice, it's not because there's meanness in it. It's because there's righteousness that comes with it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it actually wouldn't be kind to that man to let him live in unrighteousness. No, I, I think that's the other thing that people forget about the beauty of justice. If justice does insist on say, punishment. Mm -hmm. Like, so, for example, when Paul writes to the Corinthians and says, this man must be removed from your congregation, Mm -hmm. the reason why that is actually an act of love is because now that person knows where he was already. Now that person knows, I am no longer in fellowship with God, but he wasn't in fellowship with God before, but he didn't necessarily know it. So, that is the most dangerous place to be, mm-hmm. is at odds with God, and you don't even know. And be blind to it. Exactly. Yeah. So 
it's a it's, it's a much safer position for your children, for your church, for your leaders to, yeah. to know this is God's standard. And how can you repent if you don't think you are at odds with justice, yeah. right? If you are at odds with righteousness. And so there is an element of, well, I mean, that's what the prophets do, right? They say, you guys are sinning. Yeah. Repent. That is like, you think that the message of John the Baptist to as preparation mm -hmm. for Jesus was basically telling people to repent, yeah. that they were not just, that they were not righteous. And that's the groundwork yeah. for Jesus to come in. Yeah. He's shown you, oh man, what's good and what the Lord requires of you, but to do justice, to love mercy, to walk humbly with our God. Like, you can't walk humbly with God when you're hiding from him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, you can't love mercy and you can't love justice and you can't do those things when there's sin that's taken root mm -hmm. and when there's in unrighteousness mm -hmm. present. And yeah, I think that's just become more and more clear, which is again, so why do I think the devil hates justice? Partly because God loves it so much. Mm -hmm. Partly because it brings about righteousness. You know, it goes hand in hand. And at the same time, we have mercy also in that grouping, right? And so because of God's mercy, he sent his son, to pay a price so that there was justice. And we live now in the security of that just act. And so I think, I mean, I know I've said it before on this podcast, but if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So it would be an act of injustice if we confess our sins. And he didn't then provide provide his righteousness for us and he didn't then forgive us like mm -hmm. he's faithful in that mm -hmm. he will be just mm -hmm. that justice is amazing like that's what we want is it's already been paid for there's mercy at work here but it would be unjust to disregard the not just the gift the sacrifice mm -hmm. of jesus mm -hmm. in order to bring us life and righteousness you know, I, I started thinking about this topic because of a court battle I was in fighting against something that had happened that was evil. You know, it was really wrong. There was a lot of corruption involved. And we found no justice in the court system. And the more I've talked to people, the more I've heard stories of people that found no justice in our court systems. And I think, well, of course, because they're run by worldly people doing worldly things and so they won't they won't meet out justice because how can evil men understand justice you know like the, the, we had a judge that would not look at evidence he just refused where is justice in that but i've heard of so many people the same things happening like lawyers that charge them ridiculous amounts eight hundred dollars an hour to represent them and, and then we have verses in the bible where it talks about like defend the rights of the poor and needy. There's one specifically that talks about, um, in Exodus, it says, you shall not deny justice to poor people in their lawsuits. And yet, I've learned that if you try and find a pro bono lawyer, it's a very narrow field of law that they'll, they'll take part in. So there might be un, like injustice happening in your life and you will never find someone to represent you in the way that things are set up today. And that's just the way it works in our society. But again, how can it work correctly? The world is sinful at heart. And when justice and righteousness go hand in hand, how could we expect justice from our courts? Do you know what I mean? 
Which does just make me feel even more so the reality of what the psalmist says when he says, like, when the when the Lord brings justice, there will be yeah. rejoicing. Like, this yes. will be a good day. Yes. Yeah, I think, you know, his righteousness will shine like the sun, yes. but, right? Like, that, yeah. those sorts of things, the idea that, like, I know a lot of people find the book of Revelation really terrifying, mm-hmm. but it was written to people who were being persecuted and were experiencing yeah. injustice. And Revelation was written for comfort. Yes. That's what it was for. Yeah. It was supposed to be co- it was supposed to be a source of comfort to a church experiencing persecution yeah. and injustice and and it was supposed to give them relief knowing that justice was coming. You yeah. have that that one part where you have um the prayers of the martyrs coming up to God being like when will you when will you repay our martyrdom? Mm-hmm. And he's like I will. I will. Yeah. I thought that was so fascinating. Yeah. We, we never think of that, but God is, actually yeah. says, you were killed unjustly, and mm-hmm. I will see that justice is done. So in that sense, I think we can look at Revelation from yeah. a different angle and find a lot of comfort in that. Yeah. There's a couple of verses that reminded me of. Psalm 37, 28 says, For the Lord loves justice. He will not forsake his saints. They're preserved forever, but the children of the wicked will be cut off. And Isaiah 56, 1 says, Thus says the Lord, keep justice and do righteousness, for soon my salvation will come and my deliverance will be revealed. And I think as Christians, like we we live in an unjust world and Satan hates justice, you know, and unfortunately, unrighteousness hates justice. And so we we might not see the justice we hope for in this life, but there will be justice. And we will see it with our own eyes someday. And we can rejoice in that. We should rejoice in that. And we're already out of time. (laughs) But thanks for listening to Fragments of Blue. Join us again next time.